0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thanks Robbie. Evening everyone. How's everyone doing? Thank you so much, as Robbie said at the start, for sacrificing the golf tonight and uh, coming out to church you will get an extra crown in heaven I'm sure for, for coming along tonight no please don't that's not blasphemy um, thank you so much for coming out to this. this this has been a great day as Robbie said it's a day of celebrating um, a young person giving their life to Jesus this morning which is what it's all about isn't it it's about people saying yes to the Lord and so we're excited about that it's a day of celebrating personally for me as well it's my wedding anniversary today nine, nine years married woo woo and uh, thank you there we go and fairness, I think Laura probably deserves more of the round of applause for, for sticking with me this long. Um, we, we had a romantic meal for four this afternoon with the kids, and uh, it's brilliant being here to celebrate with you guys tonight as well. We, uh, we're starting on to this new theme. Isn't this graphic pretty cool? Um, charges to Timothy. We are so blessed with skilled people in our church. Uh, thanks to Nat Duke for this incredible graphic she's put together. And uh, th- this is our new series. We're going to be going through this uh, until the end of June. Uh, as you know, each of the each of the months, the final Sunday night of the month, we'll be doing baptisms and encounter nights. We'll continue to do that. But this series we'll be running through until the, the end of June. What, what I wanted to do tonight was really just to take this in two halves the first half or the first part of this, I just really wanted to spend a good bit of time just looking about what we're ch- what we mean by this this title the charges to Timothy what's it about what's the series going to be on and then in the second half of tonight we're going to get into the first part of what we wanted to look at with this. So So right Tonight um, we wanted to simply just do this as I said. So the first, the first thing just really to do was really to, when we were coming up with a title for this, I've heard of this title we, we studied it as a staff. Maybe about two, three years ago, I think. We did it as a, as a morning devotion. Sometimes we would study different books of the Bible. This is one of the things we looked at. And there are many people who have written different things on this. But three three questions that started going through my mind as I started to just depend on the right on this uh, through the week. And probably three questions you might be thinking tonight as well, even, even with this great graphic. Maybe you've seen it during the week and you're starting to ask questions to yourself, what's this all about? And so what I wanted to do is just to answer these first three questions tonight. And the first one Really is this is this working guys? Am I too far away? No. Bear with me one second. It'll come up on the screen, to get the guys, look how it worked out. The first question you might be asking yourself is, who is Timothy? Uh, we've, we've, all, we've all heard, I'm sure, of Timothy. If you've read your Bible, you will know that there's a book in the Bible called Timothy. So this guy was obviously something that was pretty important. But one of the things that's really significant that we do when we start to look at a series that is talking about this guy and some of the things that he's doing, it's great to have um, a bit of an understanding of the background about who this guy actually was. So here we go, who is Timothy? Timothy, the reason why this is very relevant... Well, it's very suitable for all of us to be here, and it's because Timothy, actually, the first time we read about him, he was, a, he was a young man. He was actually a teenager, and he lived in this place called Lystra. Isn't that pretty cool graphics I just put up there? Do you see the transitions? Uh, it's top-notch, isn't it? And uh, there you see with the, the really fancy red circle that I've drawn here around Lystra. Uh, this, this is where he lived, so he was a Galatian. And the thing about Timothy, right, that was really significant was Timothy, Timothy's dad, we're told that he was a Greek, but he was a person who he was, had, had an unknown faith. What we can take from that, because there's stuff that we do know about his mom and his grandmother, was that his dad was not a believer. His dad was not someone who was brought up in the ways of God. Obviously, being a Greek, he wasn't part of the children of Israel. He wasn't someone that had been grafted in. He didn't know about or have an understanding or following the ways of Yahweh. On the other side of that, though, Timothy's mother, his woman Eunice, and his grandmother Lois, What we're told about these two incredible women was that they taught him the scriptures as a boy. So Timothy, as a young lad, as he was growing up, he was being told and taught all the story of God from the beginning, from the story of creation, the whole God story going through, right up until this point where they are waiting. This is what his mom and his grandmother would have been teaching him about. We are waiting on the Messiah. We are waiting on the one who will come and redeem and will restore all people unto the Lord. And uh, and so these people were were really significant. The great thing, right, was that these two women... And on Paul, one of Paul's first journeys, what happened was that these two women were saved under the teaching of Paul, and at that stage as well, Timothy was converted, so they were led to the Lord under, as, as, as Paul came and proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, here's the thing, right, Paul actually comes into this area in the and he comes and proclaims that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is the one that you have been waiting for. All these stories that Eunice and Lois had faithfully taught Timothy as he grew up, Paul now comes and proclaims, this is Jesus. This is the one that you've been looking for. And under, under the teaching of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, these women and Timothy were saved, which is a pretty significant moment in Timothy's life. What also was really important was that Timothy just didn't hear the good news and the proclamation of the gospel by Paul, what actually Timothy got to experience was the kingdom of heaven at work in this man as the Holy Spirit was working through him. So some of the things that we read about that happened in this area... It doesn't say that Timothy actually experienced this 100%. So allow your imaginations to run wild here, okay? But what we can can imagine is that as the local believers would have experienced this, and some of them were around and saw it, and they would have talked about it, Timothy would have had an understanding. So for example, as Paul healed a lame man in this hometown, the believers all knew about it. Some of them witnessed it. Timothy perhaps might have seen it. This happened as well. Paul was stoned. And left as though for dead. Now imagine this. If Paul was stoned, to the people, because Paul was proclaiming Jesus, some of the people stirred up trouble and he was stoned. And it says they left him for dead. So he pretty much, you can gather that he's pretty lifeless. Right? The people weren't stopping until they thought that he was actually gone. And what we're told is that it says the believer in the book of Acts, it tells us that the believers in this town gathered around him. So the believers Timothy and his mom and his grandmother, might have been some of those people, gathered around him. And as they stood, something happened as the Holy Spirit starts to breathe life upon Paul. And Paul, it says, stands up and walks away. Now, am not saying 100% that he was dead. It said he was lying there as though dead. But Timothy got to experience this. The Holy Spirit at work in this man's life. This man who had proclaimed the good news of the gospel. And suddenly, Timothy is starting to experience, actually... The Holy Spirit is doing something here. The kingdom of heaven is present, as Jesus had said. So this is who Timothy was, this young man of faith and is saved. Another question to ask is, well, who is Paul? See, the, the charges that we're going to read about, if you have your Bible tonight, we're going to be going into Second Timothy in a little while. But this, the, the whole series is taken from this as Paul, this man Paul, writes this letter to Timothy. This is what he writes to him to do. And so there was a significant relationship that developed between Paul and Timothy. As they said, Paul obviously proclaimed Jesus to Timothy and Timothy was saved under his teaching. But Paul actually comes back round to this area a couple of years later on his second journey. And what Paul does at this stage is that Paul invites Timothy to start traveling with him. Paul says to himself, I want to invest in this young man. I see something about him where there's a lot of potential. I see that he could do some great things for the kingdom of God. I see that all God could do in him and through him. And I I want to invest in him. I want to help disciple him. I want to help nurture him. I want to see him grow in the faith. I want to see the kingdom come through his life. And so Paul invites him. He says, would you come with me? Would you come and journey with me as, 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 as me as I journey with the Holy Spirit and I try to do what God's doing? Do you want to come with me and be part of what's going on? And so Timothy travels with Paul at this point. And what we actually see is that Timothy actually helps Paul to establish churches. Sorry, this is a bit of a teach bit at the start and then we'll get into some things, right? A bit of background. Timothy helps Paul to establish churches at Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. And we're also told that Timothy then was th- sent to Thessalonica to strengthen the faith of the believers there which was something that was significant. What we're also told about in the book of Acts is one of my favorite things phil phil about a year ago recommended i don't have the name of it or the picture of it on the screen i should have put it up but there's by there's a series of books by this guy called gene edwards and there was one of the books was called the timothy letters or timothy diaries was it timothy diary and there was the titus diary and it's what it is is like this diaries if it's written from the first person it's timothy writing it and it recounts some of these stories And one of the big things in this book it kind of brought it to life to me for the first time i loved it so go and get it right it's it's if you like a simple read you'll love this one really thin big print my type of book right and uh, and uh, and what 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 it was saying and it was talked about this so as they spent three years in Ephesus in the book of Acts we read about how Paul was here and Paul wasn't just investing in Timothy Paul invited two or three other people so Robbie has mentioned tonight about our life group 33s three, you know where there's smaller group of people two to five this is what it was like Paul had invited these people to come with him and the journey with him. So there was Paul, there was, or there was t- Timothy, there was Titus, there was Silas, and some other people as well who were here. And what happened was that in Ephesus, day after day after day, they went into this place called the Hall of Tyrannus. And it was at this place that Paul would have sat and proclaimed and set and unpacked the scriptures. And the guys would have debated the scriptures with him and would have questioned. And it was here at this point that Timothy was really invested in. This was a significant moment. His life was being changed. His life was being invested in. As a young man, invested in by his grandparent and his mum, brought up in the ways of the the gospel, or brought up in the ways of Yahweh, suddenly Paul comes along, proclaims Jesus to him. He's saved, he's transformed. He journeys with Paul, and suddenly his life is being invested in. He's being grown, he's being nurtured as a leader in the church. And Paul releases him straight after this to start teaching other people. Because this is what we see. Paul actually sees himself as being like a spiritual father. Do you remember we said that Timothy's dad was someone of no faith? Paul comes along and recognizes that this is his role to this young man. He's a spiritual father to him. And what he sees Timothy as is like a spiritual son. He's saying that this is someone that's almost like what you would do with your own child. It's like this is how serious he was about this relationship. He was saying, I'm committing myself. The way a father and a mother would commit themselves to their children, they want that child to succeed. The child's success is their success. They want the child to succeed. And this is what Paul is saying about Timothy. He sees him as a, as a son in the faith. Listen, there's lots and lots and lots of other things that go through this. Paul entrusted leadership to Timothy. We see lots of other things that happen. He encouraged Timothy to use his gifts. And do you remember that place, Ephesus, that we talked about just as we finished off this wee bit at the start of reflection? What actually happened was that Paul, when they go to Ephesus, they're, they're here um, Paul needs to go over to, to Macedonia. He's a real hunger to go over to Macedonia. And he leaves Timothy in this place. This place was essential. It was significant. And so Paul now, Timothy, Timothy isn't no longer just a son. Timothy is now a brother. He's someone that Paul now trusts. And Paul is saying, like, I want to release you. I trust you. This, this place is significant for us. Ephesus is crucial for how the kingdom and the gospel is going to spread. It's crucial. And this is what he's saying. But Timothy, you know what? I trust you. But to see the Holy Spirit doing on you, I I don't need to be a lone ranger. This is the thing that's really crucial. We need to get this. Paul understood that he wasn't going to conquer the world alone. The kingdom was going to spread through the church. It was going to take many, many other people to be grown and to be released and to be nurtured in this. And this is what Paul was doing. Do you get this? Paul was seeking Timothy to be released into it. And so he leaves him in Ephesus. And, And when he was in Ephesus, some people start to stir up trouble. Some people start to come up with some weird theology and ideas. And so what Paul does is Paul writes this letter, 1 Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, which is just to try and correct some of the stuff that's going on in the, in the church in Ephesus because it's really important. The charges, the idea of this, and then I'm landing in where we're going tonight. The charges that Paul is trying to say to Timothy. Paul really wants us again, Timothy, just to recognize all that he has, all that God is doing within him. And he wants Timothy to take this seriously. So within the letter of 1 Timothy, as well as giving instructions to the church, Paul gives specific charges personally to Timothy. The word charge means this is what it means. To charge means to make someone officially responsible for doing something. Paul, he was desperately trying to urge Timothy to recognize what he was carrying, but desperately wanting him to take ownership of it and to recognize his responsibility. Tonight, there's going to be the main, one of the main points I'm going to labor. Paul desperately wanted Timothy to recognize he had a responsibility. Tonight, you need to recognize you have a responsibility. right? That's going to be the main thing I'm going to keep saying over and over and over. You're going to be fed up hearing me say it by the end. But tonight, you need to recognize you have a responsibility. God has given you something, and there's a responsibility that you have what you do with it. Paul was desperate from to get it, and so Paul he writes his final letter to Timothy, which is Second Timothy we're about to go into tonight, and it's almost like Second Timothy, it's it's almost like his dying wish, it's his final wishes. And what he's saying in this is he's given these seven charges. He's telling Timothy, this is your responsibility. Timothy, take this seriously. This is your responsibility. And that's what we're going to be unpacking over these next seven weeks. What is the thing? Because here's the beautiful thing. As Paul writes these words to Timothy, it's not just something that's recorded as an historical document. This is actually alive right now for us to understand and recognize. This is our responsibility as well. The words that we read in this, these are applicable for us too. As we finish in The Life of Timothy, this is what it's said. A copy and pasted this just out of a website. It said, according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is written several centuries later, originally published in 1563, Timothy remained in Ephesus, so that place that they loved until AD 97. During a pagan celebration of a feast called Catagogion, I think it is, Timothy severely reproved the people in the procession for their ridiculous idolatry. This antagonized the partygoers who beat him with clubs. In so dreadful a manner that he was expired of the bruises two days later. Timothy gave his life for this. Stayed in this place. Gave his life completely for what God was doing. And as you go in, if you have your Bible with you tonight, we're going to go into 2 Timothy. That's a background on who Timothy was. It's a background on who Paul was to him. It's a background of what we mean by the charges. These are things that Paul is saying to Timothy and to us. This is your responsibility, and it's what we want to go into. And tonight, we just want to look at the first one of these in the last 15 minutes. So if you have your Bible with you, we're 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to be verse 1 to 7, and again, it'll be on the screen. Sorry, I forgot to do this. Let me ask these questions. This for me was a big one I was asking myself during the week. Who who is your Paul? Who who is who's the person that you allow yourself to get around and to learn from? If if you wanna if you wanna be serious with your faith, you can't travel alone. If you want to be serious about what God is doing in your life, you need to allow good people to input into your life. Listen, be wise about it. Don't just let anyone speak into your life and invest into your life. Be guardful. Is that even a word? Guard yourself in that way. But make sure, you can't laugh about saying the wrong words, Phil. It's getting gooder and gooder. Um, (laughs) (laughs) make make, Make sure you guard yourself in this way. So here's the question. Who is your Paul? Who are the people that are that little bit further in the faith that that will call things out of you? Who are the people that will speak the truth to you in love? Who are the people that won't just speak the things that you want to hear just to tickle your ears? And the people will just, you know, tap you in the back and say, oh, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. But the people who will actually say, wise up when you need to wise up. The people who will actually say, would you catch yourself on when you're just doing stuff that's just stupid? <laughs> do you know what? I wish that I had allowed some people to do it to me because sometimes I just wasn't open. I just hid a lot of the stuff in my life when I was a young man. And if I'd actually had people around who would just would have said to me, wise up, I wouldn't have done half the stuff that I did. Who is your Paul? And then the second question to ask is this, who's your Timothy? Who are the people that you're actually investing in? Because your life counts. And who are the people that you're speaking truth to? And who are the people that you're leading by the way you live your life? Because it's serious. There's a responsibility that you have. So who's your Paul and who's your Timothy? Listen, we're going to be looking at this throughout the series as we go through it. And those two questions are really important. Who, who's investing in you? Who are you allowing yourself? Who are you, who are you getting around just to learn from? People, again, who are further on, even as you read books and those sort of things as well. But who are you intentionally investing in? And we need to make sure we are able to do that. 2 Timothy chapter 1 is what it says. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. To Timothy, my beloved child. Remember we said Paul saw himself as like a father to Timothy. It wasn't actually his child. is what he's saying. He said to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, or Eunice, whatever that is. And now I am sure it dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. This is the first charge that we're going to go into. And it's just the last part of this. So we're going to focus the last 15 minutes on. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Three things just to take out of this simply tonight. First thing is this. Paul says this to Timothy. There's a gift of God which is in you. There's a gift of God, which is in you, it's just really simple, right? It says it in the text, right? We don't need to try and pull it apart and get the get the concordance out for this one. There's a gift of God, which is in you, it's simply saying it. Paul's really clear to Timothy. It's a gift that he has. Obviously, listen, we're aware, aren't we, that the moment we believe that there's a gift that's given to all of us, a deposit and gift of the Holy Spirit, it's there for all of us. It's That's really clear and understandable. I, I just want to focus so specifically in this. Paul is recognizing that there was a gift, a specific gift that Timothy had. We actually read it. I think i reference it later on. I'll get the proper reference and I'll, I'll give it to you. It's 1 Timothy 4. Paul actually names it to Timothy. He says, you have a gift. I think it was the public speaking, the public proclamation of scriptures and of teaching. He names it. He said there's a gift that you have. He recognizes that there's a gift. We're not going to go into teaching the gifts tonight because it would take too long. If you, if you come along to the Grow course or in Ignite when it starts up again, we go into the gifts in great detail on those. Um, some nights in church we will do a teach on it. Tonight's not going to be one of those. But simply just to, to summarize, what are the gifts? There, there are three main passages and references for the gifts in the Bible. First one is this, just as a motor through this. Romans 12 talks about the gifts of the Father. These are seen as more of the natural gifts that are within all of us. They're sometimes, as I say, referred to as the gifts of the Father. They're the abilities and gifts we have naturally been created with. Some of them that are mentioned here, prophecy. I, I phoned Phil about this a few weeks ago. I was like, Phil, what's the difference between that the one in 1 Corinthians 12? And Phil, Phil said a good thing that made me realize and have a better understanding than this This one, when we're talking about it from a natural ability, if you can think of some people in business, the likes of, Phil mentioned him, Richard Branson. He said he has an ability to see ahead and to forecast certain things. He can see dangers and and loopholes in certain things. It's that ability. Just to do that, it's a natural ability within people. Service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy. Later on in Romans 12, it talks about things like hospitality. These are natural gifts that we all carry. We'll come back to it in a wee second. In Ephesians 4, there are other gifts that are mentioned. These are the gifts of the Son, sometimes referred to as the five-fold ministry gifts that are given by Jesus to the church to be able to carry out his ministry on earth. And here's the gifts that are given, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. These gifts that are, should be beaten throughout the whole life of the church. This is for the whole body to be moving in. That's, the gifts are given by Jesus to his church to be able to carry out his work on the earth. But what we see is that there are some people who will step up into almost carrying the office of some of these, who will step up in leadership in some of these. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, to equip the whole body, to equip the saints, some translations say, to do the work. Sometimes people think that leaders in church are the ones that should do the work and people just sit. You ever feel that way? Some people will say, well, you get paid to do it, so you should do it. Seems to be a very traditional mindset in Northern Ireland, isn't it? You've got the paid professional person that does the ministry and we just come along to hear. We've all been brought up in that background as the way we think. But this is what Paul's actually saying. These gifts are given so that the whole church can be built up to carry out the work of Christ here on earth. We all carry out the ministry. And so these gifts are given. The final gifts that it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 are the gifts of the Spirit. And that's what it says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, so wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of, or of special knowledge. Sometimes people call that a word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, that one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. As, as we race through those, right? Here's here's the, here's the reality and the understanding of it. There are lots of different gifts, right? And Paul is saying this to Timothy. Timothy, there's a gift that you have, and you need to recognise that there's a gift that you have specifically, and it's important that you do something with the gift that you have. He's saying this. There's a gift that you have, and he said, "I recognised it even from the land on of hands." The question I want to ask tonight is simply this: What gifts do you have? What gifts do you have if we look about the gifts of the Father, right? There are natural gifts that we've been blessed with. It's important that you recognize and celebrate who and what God has made you to be. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's work of art. When, when he knit you together in your mother's womb, he didn't make a mistake. God has made you perfectly and made you uniquely. And there's a unique deposit that has been placed within you. So I just want to ask firstly, what's the unique deposit that God has placed within you that you're carrying? What is it that you uniquely can do in the way that you do it that no one else does? The way that you speak, the way you chat with people, the way you engage with other people. How you go about your work it might be some of the natural gifts and abilities that you have. What is the unique deposit that he's placed within you? Because the thing that you should never say, I mean, you hear some people say this. Do you ever hear people say, oh, you're good for nothing? Do you anyone ever said that to you? Sometimes people even said over their own lives, I'm good for nothing. Or, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at anything. Here's the thing, right, that is, that is the most incredible thing. See, when God created Back in the beginning, Among here's the thing you need to realize, because God's still a creating God. When God created you and knitted you together in your mother's womb, here's the word that he spoke over your life. Good. He looked at it as it was at the beginning. He said, that is so good. It is so good. And he's made you unique. And one of the things we need to embrace is the unique thing that we carry, the unique contribution that we have, the the unique contribution that we have within us. The thing is, though, the comparison just comes along, isn't it? We just tend to compare ourselves to other people, and it just robs the unique gift that you carry. The devil wants to come along and to tell you, you're not as good at this as what the other person is. Or will whisper thoughts like, oh, I wish I was able to do that instead of what I do. I wish I looked like him instead of me. Any of you ever think that way? Comparison robs and destroys the unique gift that you've been graced with. So there's something naturally that you're carrying. What is it? What's the gift that you have? Over and above that, there are other gifts. We talked about the gifts of the Son and the gifts of the Spirit. What gifts do you have of those? Here's the question I want to ask on it. How, How much or how often do you ever ask for these other gifts? See, while I'm talking about comparison, with other people with the natural things that we have you should never ask out of, out of a prideful thing or a because you want to be better or the same as someone else but the Bible is really clear about these we should hunger after the gifts that God has for us how much have you ever asked for the other gifts do you really want them do you really feel like you need them in your life How do you even get them? Paul talks about it and he says that this is so important that we do it. I think I referenced this in another series at one point. But he says this, earnestly desire for the things of the Spirit. Here's what that word actually means, zealously lust. It's like it consumes every bit of you zealously lust for the gifts of the Spirit. It's like you just desperately want them. Do you remember what it said at the back of the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12? This is why we have the gifts of the Spirit. Not so that we can be better, but it says the gifts of the Spirit are given to us so that we can help one another. It's to help the body work. It's to help the body be better. So it's like we should hunger after it. We should want it because this helps us to actually be better at being Jesus on the earth. So we should just zealously lust for it. Go after more and more and more. And you know what? Jesus simply says this. He simply says, ask. He says, if you men who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's not people who are like, they are jump through a hoop, prove something, but just people who are just hungry and just like, God, I just, I just want that. I just need that. I want that in my life. And here's, here's what Paul is saying to Timothy. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. This is the longest one out of the three points, right? But it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to recognize what it is that you're good at doing. And do you know what? It's, it's not, it's not a boastful thing to be able to say I am good at such and such. It's actually good that you do recognize it, right? I think it's our Northern Irish mentality. People think it's being arrogant to say, I'm good at such and such, or God has gifted me to do such and such. People think it's just arrogance. Actually, it's wisdom to be able to recognize it. And so it's so important. It's your responsibility. Recognize what is the unique thing God has placed within you. But it's so important to recognize as well that this is something for you to seek after in terms of the other gifts and the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of the Son. It's so important that we seek after these things. It's your responsibility. This is the charge that Paul is sent to Timothy. Listen, it's your responsibility. There's a gift that is in you. And he said to Timothy, I saw it with a laying on in my hands. There's a gift that was there. Second thing is just simply this. He says this to Timothy, do you know what? I remind you to fan it into flame. I remind you to fan it into flame. Paul, as he disciples and mentors Timothy and the other lads in the group, he's holding nothing back. He wants Timothy to recognize, Timothy, this is your responsibility. You've been given something, but it's your responsibility to do something with it. It's your responsibility to keep fanning what you have into flame. So what, what does this mean, fanning the flame? This is what... This is the Greek word. Don't ask me to speak that Greek. I don't know what it is. Right there it is, fan in the flame. But this is simply what it means. Kindle in the flame or I love this definition of it. Fire it up. Fire it up. Sometimes, I don't know about you, your mind sometimes go where it's almost like a rekindling, like something's gone out. Something hadn't gone out. And Timothy here, Paul was just saying, Timothy, recognize what you have and fire it up. Fire it up. This is your responsibility. Recognize the gift that God has deposited in you and fire it up. Don't just sit on it. Start using it. Fire it up. Firing it up, listen, is obviously about using it, but it's so, so, so much more. Any, any good survival experts, people that like going up the mountains? Some of you lads. Everyone's sitting with their hands under their bums here. Any of you as well who love lighting a fire at home? I, I love I love an open fire. Anyone like open fires? Yes. And uh, do you know you know you know it yourself? How, what's how, what's the best way to get a fire going and really blazed up? Petrol, that's <laughs> <Is> one. Good. <laughs> Only in Northern Ireland, isn't it? <laughs> petrol bombs are handy for that. Apart <laughs> from petrol. Firewood, yeah, let's get fuel on it. Petrol, fuel. Fire lighters, there's more fuel. Matches, here we go, very good. What else? Come on, if you're out in the mountains, out in the wild, what do you send? James, top notch. Blow on it, right? It's not a birthday cake, it doesn't go out, right? As you blow on it, what happens? It starts to come up. You know what it's like if you have a fire like this at home? My brother-in-law is here. My sister and the family, I, we we got them around to babysit a few weeks ago and I left them with a fire that had hardly anything in it. And I left them to try and get it going again. And we came back at the end of the night and it had just lit up, I think, by the time we got there. If you know when it's like this, when you have a fire like that's like this, you need to get as much air on it you need to get breathing out. People have those things called bellows. Sometimes when you don't have enough puff in your lungs to do it. And they're blowing and blowing and blowing. And the whole point about it is that as you get down in the fire. And you see people. And I've done this so many times. And you almost get a really light head. As you get down in your. It suddenly starts to go up. It takes a few more breaths than that. Sometimes. But as you breathe on it. This is what happens. It fires up. And even, it's not just about the fires that are going out. Even when you have a fire that has small flames on it, as you breathe on it, the it comes up, it fires up. And this is what Paul, you need to get this. This is what Paul is saying to Timothy. Fire it up. Fire it up. Listen, firstly, it's this. What you have, use it. Because God's given it to you uniquely. Use it. But here's the thing that's really important. The thing that we should never do is be arrogant and cocky about it and say, well, I'm good at such and such, and I'm just going to get on and do it. Because you know what, you'll do it and you'll probably do a decent enough job. But if we're about seeing the kingdom come and we're about seeing the kingdom of God break out in this world, we need and dare not ever do this in our own strength and our own might. We need to fire it up and the way that we do it is simply by inviting the breath of the Holy Spirit in all that we do. So here's the thing, what gifts do you carry? What gifts and abilities do you have? You see, when the Holy Spirit breathes on it, because this is the word that's given for spirit, the Hebrew ruach and the Greek pneuma means wind, breath, spirit. As the Holy Spirit, (sighs) we sang about it tonight, didn't we? Come on, blow on through. As the Holy Spirit blows on through, here's what happens. The gifts and abilities that we have, suddenly it fires up. And it's not just no longer just playing it safe and just being okay at things, but it's actually we come alive with what God has for us because this is what we need to do. We need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've referenced this so many times in church lately. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The proper translation for that is this. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people... Reference almost have like this trophy moment in their life and they say it's such and such a day that was saved. Such and such a day that was baptized in the Holy Spirit. They say it as a second blessing. I, I get that. And yet I don't. Because this says, keep on being filled. It should be a second blessing, the third, a fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, an eighth, and ninth. Because each and every day it should be, Holy Spirit, would you blow on through? Come and do what only you can do. I can do stuff, but you can only do certain things. And if I want to see you move in my life so that people will come to know you, Jesus, I dare not try to do this in my own strength. Peter recognized this when he said to Jesus, Jesus, where else would we go? You have the words of life. I cannot speak and do this in my own strength. It's your words that I need. So you know way sometimes when you have those conversations with people and you don't know what to say, what about, Holy Spirit, would you just breathe on me? Would you give me words to say that only you could say? Sometimes, when you need to have the courage to speak to someone about Jesus and you'd be stumbling over your words, and what about Holy Spirit? Would you just breathe in this? When you're going into work and school tomorrow and different things, people that you're meeting, it's like each and every day at the beginning of it, it's Holy Spirit, would you just breathe? What I have, I recognize that there's stuff you've given me and, and I thank you for it. And do you know what? The Bible is actually saying this. Keep on earnestly seeking after and zealously lusting the gifts. Keep on asking for more. Don't be content just with what you have. Keep on asking him for more and more and more and more. We want the Holy Spirit to be fully alive within us, right? Keep going after more of the gifts of the Spirit. But you know what? Once we have it, it's recognizing the Holy Spirit, I dare not do this without you. Would you breathe in me afresh? This... Is what Paul is saying to Timothy. It's your responsibility. Recognize what you have, but it's your responsibility to invite the Holy Spirit to breathe. Fire it up. Fire it up. And finally, this is what he says. Lance, maybe you and the guys come, could you? He says this, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Sometimes, sometimes the reason why we just don't. Sometimes the reason why we don't go after the whole Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit is because we would rather just do things. We'd ma- rather manage it ourselves. We'd rather just try to do it in our own strength and our own ability, because you can almost feel a bit safer sometimes with it. And you know what? There's no element of faith in that. Sometimes there's a bit of fear that sometimes people can associate with if they just abandon everything to the Lord and they ask the Holy Spirit to breathe on them. It's like, well, what, what would he do? But do you know what? He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And do you know what? When fear starts to take hold of your thoughts, what you need to do is you need to, take, you need to bind it straight away. You need to replace it with faith. You need to replace with faith because there's a faith and by faith and in faith what we need to believe is that spirit of God as it comes upon us these are the things that it produces the spirit as it is in us there's a spirit that's been given of power listen if you want to just do great things for the Lord if you want the Holy Spirit to come alive and to start moving in your life why not just rather than your own ability but allow the power of God to start coming alive that you could do great things for the kingdom of God you can do great things for the kingdom of God. You need to speak this over your life. You can do great things. God wants you personally to do great things for the kingdom of God. Not just the people that you think are better or the people who are the, the really, really great Christians. God wants you to do great things for the kingdom of God. And here's the thing. He's given you a spirit of power. His powers is at work within you. He's given you a spirit of love. Imagine being able to love like God loves Phil talked on forgiveness this morning. Do you know what? Sometimes when we try to do that in our own strength, we completely blow it. That's where we need to ask, Holy Spirit, would you just breathe in this? I need the love of God. Would you breathe in me? And then finally, there's giving us self-control. Some of your are battling with stuff in your life. Things that you've really loved to give up. Things you'd love to stop. Things you struggle with. Part of what the Spirit gives us, fruit of the Spirit, is self-control. We just need to depend on this. Listen, here's the key word for tonight. It's your responsibility. It is your responsibility. Sometimes, here's what I think some people have been asking. When's God going to do things in my life? When's God going to use me? Some people are actually asking that question, God, when are you going to just use me? I see you using other people, but God, when are you going to use me? Can I I speak back another question to you? I feel like God is asking, when are you going to do the things that I've given you to do? Because you know where people would say, God, when are you going to use me? Over 2,000 years ago, and you, many of you here about the church know that this is a big thing to talk on. But over 2,000 years ago, Jesus told us how we all could be used. When he told each and every one of us to go into all the world to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all these things. This is for all of us. If you want, there's no point saying God, but He wants to use us. We are the body of Christ. His gifts are available to us so that we can use. That's why we just desperately need to recognize that this is our responsibility. This is our time. This is on our watch. There are people who are who are going to hell because they've never heard about Jesus and that's why Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, told us all to go into all the world and to make disciples, to tell people the good news about Jesus Christ. It is our responsibility to do that. It is our responsibility that whatever God is, is teaching you, whatever you, you know about God, you share it with other people that's why we would say who is the timothys in your life that there are people who are coming behind you bring them along in the faith we're all in this together we are not isolated in this moment this is our responsibility and here's what we need to do we need to fire it up we cannot do this on our own That's why we're part of the body but even in our own strength we cannot we need to fire up fan and the flame the gift that is within us Tonight, I would just love to just finish, uh, if, if we could. We've, about f- well, I'm out of time, but we've about five minutes left. I think all of you went out at eight. The, the golf fanatics went out at eight to go see the golf. I'll get you out in 10 minutes, lads, all right? And, uh, and what we want to do, I just want to just finish. Is that all right? Just by, I would love us just to pray. I would love us just to invite the Holy Spirit just to come. And, and what, what if, Lee and Lindsay, could you, did you get that text? is you No. Yep, great. Happy days. So uh, we're going to finish with a couple of songs if we have time. And uh, that, that song that Lindsay sang, you know, Spirit Blow on through. I would just love tonight just the way Lee is another song off the back of it to go into, but I would love us just to finish just by singing it just as a prayer tonight. Who would love the Holy Spirit just to come and just fire it up in their life? You need to recognize there's a gift that you have it's unique gift that God has made you with and there's gifts that you have that the Holy Spirit has placed on you. There's gifts that Jesus has given you and the thing is you need to use them but you need to fire it up. We need the strength and we need the ability and the anointing of the Holy lives to be able to do this. We need to fire it up. So what I would love us to do, just as the guys just start to play quietly, can we do that guys? Anyway, I would love us, can we stand tonight just as we finish? So this is the this is the charge of Paul to Timothy. Remember, Paul was saying this because he was speaking like a father to son. He loved this guy. He wanted to see him. He wanted to see him step into all that God had for him. I I just want I just want to say as. As a leader in this church, I, I want to say this tonight. Don't miss out on the fullness of all that God has for you. And here's what you need to do each and every day. If, if you want to step into all that God has, not just once a day, maybe just even throughout the day, it's continually just asking, Holy Spirit, would you breathe? Holy Spirit, would you breathe? See, this is where we need to, we need to be desperate for the Holy Spirit in our lives, What I would love you to do tonight I don't even know how we're going to round this up but we're going to sing in a wee second anyway. I I would love tonight just to leave space here for people to come forward. I've asked the prayer ministry team. Um, just that if, if they could come, just just move around. Just I would love people just to come forward tonight. If you would love just tonight, just even as we as we pray in a little while, just for for people just to have a fresh breath and a fresh blow of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. I would love you to come tonight. Tonight I would love you to come as well if you feel because Paul said this to Timothy. It, it is scriptural that there's gift that is given through the laying on of hands as well. Tonight, if you would just love just to receive an impartation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, I would love you to come into this space as well. And as the prayer ministry team go around, just simply lay on hands tonight and pray. We would just love to just pray and release that. But even tonight, just... Recognizing what you have, if it's a you want this to be a fired up moment of Holy Spirit, I just desperately need you, Holy Spirit, I just desperately want you, Holy Spirit, I know and I recognize I cannot and I will not do this on my own, would you blow on through in my life, Holy Spirit, would you come? I would just love just to invite, just as the guys continue to play quietly before they start to sing, I would love you to start moving forward for me tonight. Can you do that tonight? Thank this is for all of us. I'm standing here tonight. I want to just pray for more of the Holy Spirit in my own life. If you want to come and just join me tonight, I would just love you to come and just stand here tonight just in this open space. Maybe tonight if it is, just even for the gifts. If you've never moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, something that you're longing for more of tonight, I would love you to come and stand here. Maybe you've been a believer for many, many, many years and you've just never felt the move. I feel like there's some people in the room who have sensed the Holy Spirit move, but they've never defined it because they've been afraid of it. Never been able to explain it. I just feel tonight is a moment for you just to just to receive the Holy Spirit in His gentle way. Let me just pray tonight. Then we're going to sing these songs as a response tonight, just for all of us. The guys are going to continue just to go around and just Start ministering over people so this space is free tonight if you want to come and stand on it even as we worship. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we recognise that you are a gift to us as the church. Holy Spirit, we recognise that you are alive within us. Thank you that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of self-control. Father, thank you tonight that there is a gift, God, within each and every person, God, that is in this room tonight. I thank you that there is a gift that is within each person. Thank you for the natural gifts and abilities you have made us with. Thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you that you looked at us and said and saw that it was good. Thank you, God, that there are gifts, God, that are flowing in this room, God, the gifts of the Son, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But God, we just call out for more tonight. We just pray for a release, God, Lord, of the gifts, God, upon every person, upon every believer in this room tonight. We desperately want it. We zealously lust for it. We need it more than ever. We need you, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, upon all that we have, upon all that we carry, we do not claim it on our own in a prideful way. We recognize all that we have comes from the Father. But Holy Spirit, we just ask now, would you fire it up? Holy Spirit, would you fire it up tonight in our lives? Holy Spirit, all that we have, would you come upon it? Would you breathe upon it? Would you breathe life? Upon it, God, Lord, gifts and abilities, God, that have been lying dormant, God, Lord, for many, many, many months, God, in years. Holy Spirit, would you breathe life upon it right now? We just invite you, even in this time of worship now, would you move in your gentle way? Holy Spirit, would you blow? Would you move on through? We're desperate for you, Holy Spirit. Come and move. Just as David was sharing, there's just something the Holy Spirit's stirring in me is a fear of the gift. I think that's a biggie tonight. I think that's a massive thing that some people in the room tonight have no, you actually know that God has given you a gift, but you've just been afraid of it. I think that's the biggie tonight that has caught me and I feel the Holy Spirit really wanting to minister in that area tonight, Dave, just that, you know, in in connection with everything that Dave said, very powerful tonight, but I just think there's something that God wants to release fresh new giftings, even the ones that you've been afraid of and you know it's there, but you've just been afraid to operate in it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.